Welcome to the podcast, Felicity. It's great to have you here with me. Thank you for having me, Liz. So I know that you are all about the networking, but I'd like to know how you first got into networking and particularly how you came to be organising networking events. I think I want that on a T-shirt all about the networking. Um, So going back 12 years ago, um, I started up my my first company, which is still running, which is a telemarketing company, and desperately needed to network. I was about 24, 25 at the time, desperately needed to network, saw the value of it. But all the groups at the time were um, membership only. They obviously had things like lockouts in them. They were very, very expensive. And they also required a lot of um, sort of, if I said rules and regulations that kind of ate a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And um, which is no disrespect to anybody who who obviously runs those events. They are amazing. And obviously they are lead generating or they wouldn't have been around. But being sort of a startup and six months in and not having the budget for it and knowing how time tight I already was, I basically um, went for a walk around Morrison's with a notebook and came up with the idea of talk networking. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to be able to offer small businesses the opportunity to network but them have the control factors. So making it affordable, making it flexible, stopping lockouts and encouraging collaboration rather than competitiveness. And I basically created it so people could come and go as they wanted to. And those who wanted to attend regularly paid less for it. So membership was basically something that saved them money rather than costing them more. And uh, and yeah, sort of nearing 11 years later, it's still going, but sort of a bit, bit further on, obviously, this year round. Sounds like it's been really successful. So what did your networking look like before COVID happened? So going back just before COVID, we were averaging probably somewhere around 45 or 50 attendees per month. About a third of those were completely new every month. Uh, We had a third who ad hoc and came as and when they want to, and a third who were regulars or members. It was um, very lively. I'm pretty certain most of them came for the food, if I'm honest, because they always talked about the food before talking about the networking. But um, but yeah, it was a a very sort of lively group that was sort of popular thanks to the enthusiasm of, of the people who attended. So where did your members come from in terms of location and the kind of businesses that they represented? I'd probably say most of them were in around a 40, 50 mile radius of, because I'm based in Stamford, so bottom end of Lincolnshire, they, they were probably sort of, you know, somewhere around a 40-ish mile radius. Um, and they mostly, um, I, I will admit, obviously, you know, you do your marketing and you build it up, but it, it got to a point, particularly in the last couple of years, where it was so heavily done by word of mouth, it booked itself up sort of a couple of months ahead. So I was quite fortunate, thanks to the people attending, that they loved it so much that, you know, it was sort of flocking in from people that they'd met you know locally other networking groups people in their contacts so um we were really fortunate to have such a a sort of really varied group every single time round but um but yeah they were sort of should I say regionalized to a degree a bit Mm. like how all networking ran prior to the lockdown you know it was very very regionalized um I was lucky that I did have a handful of people um over the years I had somebody coming up from actually I had several people coming up from London because they were moving this way and they started sort of finding their feet here before they moved um and I had people sort of coming over from you know Leicester and Cambridge and I did have somebody coming down from Scotland but they were visiting family or an ex-member so I don't think I can take that as a a credit that they travelled that far for me. And what sort of businesses were represented in the room? Do you know what? Because of the variation of attendees in terms of that third of new and the third being ad hoc, 
it was incredibly varied. And, um, you know, obviously, like with most networkings, we, we are made up of our micros and our, our S's of our SMEs. But the industries were really, really varied every single month. I generally could not tell you because every single month was different. But we had sort of people who were, you know, small businesses starting up. We had small businesses who were absolutely huge in terms of their term turnover and determination, although I think that fits all of us. Um, and I think that in terms of sort of where I grew to, um, you know, just before lockdown, we started getting, if I said, I don't mean respect, but if I said engagement from bigger companies, it was um, something that's always been a bit of a mission of mine to get sort of larger size companies starting to network to see the value of it, not only for their own businesses, but also for the fact that it gave an opportunity to smaller businesses to grow. Um, and that's very much a passion of mine to kind of get networking, not just being something that small businesses do, but that's something all businesses can do. How has the picture changed since COVID happened? Oh, hugely. Um, so reverting back to last March, I, I did sit there with my head in my hands, just wondering what the heck was going to happen for my SMEs, you know, my networkers. They still needed to trade and they still needed to, you know, they still needed to be able to communicate. And I think more than anything, they just needed a support network because we were all lost. And thank God for the internet and for social platforms. So I very swiftly got online and I went, oh, I know I've used Zoom on somebody else's meeting before. I'll go and set up a Zoom meeting. And I set it up to, it was very quickly done originally in terms of that I wanted to create a, um, you know, an event that got people together. Um, and I expected about 10 people and 56 turned up. <laughs> um, and then very, um, very quickly, I realised that it was quite a needed service and I started putting on these events every fortnight for doing them for free. Um, still am, I'm running them for free till April, but I wanted to be able to keep people connected. And I think the most amazing thing is I've more or less consistently stayed at around 60 attendees at each event. But I think more amazing to that is that that format that I had, you know, when we were face to face has remained with talk networking. So it's been, you know, that third of new, that, that third who ad hoc and those third of regular. And I, I was quite amazed by that because I didn't know whether that would follow through online, but it, it definitely has. And then, as you know, it's sort of expanded a bit further than that once I got to, to grips with the whole concept of online networking. So just describe the talk networking event for us. How does that work? So online, which um, I mean it politely, but it's the most basic of all of the formats. It basically is what I deem a big pitch event. And uh, I changed its format a little while ago because I, I don't know about you, but I like online networking when it's engaged. And I think mm. that if you are off sending an email, replying to that text message, putting your camera off and taking that phone call, there's actually no point in you being there. So online's format is where I get up to 60 businesses along. And we are fully engaged throughout the entire event. And we each have 45 seconds where we are able to pitch about our business. But I... I was going to say demand, that sounds very bossy. <laughs> I encourage the networkers to down tools and make the most of the 90 minutes by listening. And whilst they are there and they are listening and they're engaged, they're actually seeing the opportunities of the right people to meet with, setting up the right meetings with the right people, doing it there on the spot. It's not scribbled down on a piece of paper. We are actually physically doing it in the meeting. I also get people sharing testimonials 
which is amazing because as soon as somebody shares a testimonial, it sets off this wave of meetings all being set up, which is quite phenomenal to see. And, uh, and lastly, we also work on referrals at the end, which I think are a key asset to networking. So, um, so it's a very simplistic format, but I think that extra bossy school teacher version of Felicity getting you guys to actually kind of engage and make the most of that 90 minutes it kind of changes the way that 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 format works mm. so basic but uh, productive and you make use of the chat box don't you in terms of sharing testimonials and so on so that's where all of those meetings are organized that's where all of the testimonials are given that's where our referrals come from so that is sent out after the meeting so everybody gets a hands-on perspective and with all of our events we also include a delegate list. I'm not the greatest one for being able to listen to somebody's pitch whilst writing down why I wanted to speak to them whilst also trying to grab their contact details. So everybody gets a GDPR verified delegates list afterwards with everyone's full details, including their LinkedIn URL, which I always think is quite useful. Yeah, very useful. And the chat box in that meeting just goes nuts. It's really hard to keep up with everything. But I think that the energy that bounces around in there it's quite funny whoever would have thought that you get an energetic chat box but you know it's the energy of that chat box because we're you know majoritively on mute you know you've got me chatting and kind of introducing and bringing people up and them doing their 45 seconds it's actually quite a quiet meeting but you wouldn't feel that for the sake of the fact that that chat box is bouncing around not just with you know people requesting meetings which triggered off other people requesting meetings which triggers off those testimonials and then more meetings being triggered but it's actually the the ability to have such a sense of humour from, you know, a group of 60 on a chat box, it's really strange, but it works really, really nicely. It's, um, it's great, uh, you know, great fun for what I would deem almost a silent meeting. Yeah, it is great fun. Now, you also organise some other kinds of networking that are paid for. Can you talk us through what Tables and Mingle are and explain why you wanted to set up some different kinds of networking events? Yeah, of course. So I I did go off on a bit of a tangent watching. uh, I mean, it literally only took me about two or three sessions maximum from running online to realise that everybody needed a bit more. And um, if I focus on mingle first just because that was the original trigger basically mingle i realized that everybody needed more opportunity to speak being on mute is not necessarily everybody's cup of tea we love communicating and we love mingling we love that chatting part and it took me probably all of about 10 seconds to realize that the best part of networking that we were missing from face to face is that end part. So after everyone have gone round and they've done their pitches, the actual gold of a networking event is that very end part as you're all about to leave and you're just finishing off that cup of coffee and you're standing around in that little huddle of maybe what half a dozen people, if not less, at the end of a networking meeting, that is where the the sort of glorious parts of networking come from. Mm-hmm. You know, you are are able to build up a relationship your personality can come out there you're able to see those opportunities you can have a conversation about what people do after their pitches and I kind of went that's the bit we need so long story short is that I realized that if I could create a lead generation rotation room um, and be able to get people to go through the equivalent of pitching and being able to mingle I, I would I would literally be ticking all the boxes so like an absolute nutter um I sat around for a month staying up past 1am hand working out a code (laughs) um for a mathematical formula that doesn't exist so um 
I basically worked out by hand how I could move everybody through a, a basically a batch of seven different rooms where they never saw the same person twice. And, and the sort of the format of Mingle is there's 30 of you, you come into a room, I will, I will hand move you basically into a room of five and you will each have one minute each to pitch and then you have five minutes to mingle. And I am actually controlling it. I know there's a lot of issues with people going into breakout rooms where they get quite frustrated that they're sort of left in there. So I actually, because um, somebody always dominates it. So I managed to still dominate everything, even though I'm not in there with you. So I control when people are pitching and when you are mingling. And you get that perfect minute to be able to talk about your business. But you have that glorious five minutes afterwards to talk about anything you want it could be a bounce off from your pitches I also know that people have spent a whole five minutes talking about the pub so <laughs> it's been anything and everything and then I take you out of that room and I put you into another and I do it seven times over so you actually meet new people in each room you meet over 75% of the attendees and I deem this not only a lead generation form of online networking but in actuality, I consider it better than face to face because we were terrible for it of standing with the same group of people yeah. <laughs> at the end of a networking event. So if you even were in a room of 50, you still only would have met five of them if you were lucky. So this is brilliant because you're actually getting through to 75% of the attendees. And that format actually triggered off tables, which is the other word, obviously, that you just mentioned. So tables um, is where I hadn't really considered people who don't like pitching. I'd left you all out for a decade. I'm terrible. But it was leaving out people who didn't like pitching. And I really wanted to conquer that awkwardness of face-to-face -face networking. So when we're face-to-face, -face, we will stand with our little group of people and we will be in that huddle but we cannot leave it because we're terribly British and we think that they'll think we're rude. Mm -hmm. And you never end up backing away. So you may stand in the most boring or pointless conversation whilst desperately staring at another group of people or somebody you want to catch hold of, but you don't because we want to be polite and not considered rude. And even more so, you might want to join a group of people. that That's your like sort of ideal group. You want to be in there, but you dare not go and join them because it's awkward. And Tables basically gave back online networking a level of independence. You're not sitting on Zoom, it's a new platform. You are able to move around at your own time, at your own pace, and it got rid of not only pitching, but also that rude and awkward feeling. So you can join a table and get acknowledged. You can leave a table without anyone considering you being rude, whilst having sort of conversations with up to 50 people but you only ever see three other faces at maximum at a time so it gave you a far more relaxed environment that you had complete control in um and and that sort of is very simplistic as to what it is but it, it basically is very similar to face-to-face -face networking with what i deem a few bonuses for making it online I have to say i agree i think it's much easier in the virtual world to meet more of the people in the room at a physical event, you often talk to the same few people that you know because you gravitate towards people that you know. But that's not what you've gone for. That's not why you've paid to be there. Um, so I do think it works better in the virtual world. I, I completely agree. I think that it's not something I could consider. I can't say I was sitting there twiddling my thumbs over the concept of online networking. But having taken advantage of what it is, the, the bit that gets me is we were so regionalised before mm. and... I have seen more opportunities arise by being just that little bit further afield. You know, we've got people bouncing around now from all over the country, but we also now have attendees from South Africa, Spain, America, 
We've got requests to go over into America to run the events as well. You know, there is such a huge demand. And I think that globalizing SMEs, I mean, there's 400 million of us across the world. And with the number of redundancies, we know startups are going to increase. So that yeah. number is going to rocket. Mm -hmm. There are 400 million of us. They make up over 96% of the world's population. And yet we are in a lot of instances, still online, still being very regionalized. And I think that actually spread your wings a bit further. If your business can trade in different parts of the nation, if you can go overseas, spread your wings and realize those opportunities because they are absolutely incredible. There's so much more now that we can do. Yeah, I wouldn't have met you actually. That's a very prime example. We would not exactly. have met. Yeah, I think that's the wonderful thing about online networking. And I'm sure it's going to continue even when we can go back to face-to-face -face networking because it just makes so much sense. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I mean, I, I have plenty of new uh, formats for online that will be coming. I won't be taking it away because in a, if anything, I hear the networkers talking about how much they love online networking. Um, not just mine, but watching other people, you know, you see the conversations on things like LinkedIn and, and Facebook and all sorts. People really like online networking. And when they've found formats that suit them, they rave about it. They enjoy it. it. It's far more productive for their time to be able to go networking, still wearing your slippers. You haven't had to travel. You know, you can instantaneously follow up on those leads as soon as you leave it's a whole new world for us we're actually able to be far more productive by working online to do our networking than we are with all that travel and time and cost factor it costs far more to go networking face to face so um yeah i i well i personally through my group i will be running them online and i i hope that it's to stay you know for everyone i know a lot of people are eager to get back to face to face but i actually don't think it'll ever be as strong as online now that we've found this new positive out of the whole pandemic it's something that's really positive that's come from it i'm pleased to hear that you're going to carry on so i'd like you to explain now what vip is that's one of your events that we haven't touched on yet my favourite. I'm allowed to say that. It's not a child. Um, so VIP has been a concept in my head for a couple of years. So it's a mastermind. And, uh, you know, for people who've attended masterminds, they are amazing. They draw out so much from you. They they build up so much that give you emphasis for your business. You go away feeling really enthusiastic by it. But they hold a couple of I say elements or issues that I always found problematic. The biggest one being the cost factor. Um, you know, there were usually three to five hundred pounds and you had to sign up for a good year. Well, name me an SME who has that easily sitting in their mm -hmm. pocket but also the time factor. So, you know, they'd be at least a day's worth of your month that you would have to dedicate off. And I, again, I, I couldn't commit to that as an SME, but I loved the concept. And when all of the, the, the fun that happened last March happened and I started going online and seeing how much people enjoyed it, I sort of took what I'd created in this face-to-face -face concept of what I wanted to get from a mastermind and I, I rolled it into an online event. But one of the the key things I wanted to do was to make sure that every single person in that mastermind got the opportunity to have it as a mastermind. And I know a lot of the formats out there, it will only be one or two people from a session who gets to voice a question and have it answered by the group, which means you have to go through a heck of a lot of hours to be able to get any support. Mm -hmm. And I wanted every single session to focus on every person. So this is where I go back to my exciting, let's work out a formula that doesn't exist. Um, and I worked out a formula that basically every person, so we have a group of 10, they all have two and a half minutes to talk about their business and they get 
detail to kind of share whether it's one area of their business they're focused on, whether they want to talk about the whole lot of it, and they get to include maybe a question. It could potentially be maybe a hurdle they're facing. Maybe they are just looking for general feedback or they need the opinion of something. Whatever's going on with their business, whatever area of it that's frustrating them, they get to share it. So now people understand what it is that they do. They've all been engaged listening because they can't not because that question's about to get thrown at them. And now those people are going to help resolve it. And they resolve it from their opinions, perspectives, likes, dislikes, connections, career history, all of it all rolls into one. And each person gives up to 90 seconds where they are able to throw in as much as they possibly can. And going through nine people, having nine people's perspectives, multiple perspectives, ideas, opinions, connections, it gives so much back. And it's not only now given you that sort of almost business coaching perspective, where you're able to actually go and action things to change your problem, but you now have these people understanding you. They've now become your leads. They also can refer you really, really well. So your referrals have increased and become crystal clear. The qualities increased. And I think the, the thing that really amazed me, and I, I can't actually admit that I knew this was going to happen, it was kind of a surprise to me, but it takes a good year or so to get face-to-face -face networking, to build up that trust mm -hmm. and bond. And in one session, in a three-hour session, I have that happen. And I can't tell you how. It's sort of, you know, you've come into that room as practically completely strangers. And come the end of that event, I've seen people collaborate, you know, groups of six out of the 10 collaborate, realizing each, you know, each other's clients are each other's clients. I've seen groups set up on LinkedIn and Facebook and WhatsApp where they've gone off and become sort of, you know, accountability groups, engagement groups. They've just become sort of collaborative groups of people who in three hours have just built this amazing trust and I love VIP for the fact that to me that's exactly what networking should be but it shouldn't be 500 pounds it should be as I'm doing it 20 pounds or 15 if you come monthly and it's something that gives back every time and even better you can steal everybody else's ideas as well I leave <laughs> with pages of ideas from everybody you know it's phenomenal advice and I, I I sort of have so much respect for small businesses and you know the businesses that have attended that their ideas are utterly phenomenal and the fact that they are so willing to give and it's very much give focused I think if you're competitively minded it is not the event for you mm -hmm. but if you are collaboratively minded and if you are supportive and giving you could not find a better networking event to suit you your growth of your business and um I think my favourite comment came back from that only about a week or so ago, where it was somebody who said that was the first ever networking event they'd attended. Bear in mind, they've been networking for a great many years, but it was the first one they attended where they didn't have to feel like they were selling their services, but their services were understood. And I thought, how fantastic's that? And, and they literally got so many meetings from it and so much sort of feedback on the quality. And I've seen them being tagged on things now on LinkedIn because they're understood without having to, you know, sell a kidney through a pitch it was no pitch related <laughs> sounds wonderful I think we ought to say that VIP stands for value in peers and that is exactly what you get out of the meeting so if people are attending a networking meeting for the first time and they're perhaps feeling a bit nervous about it what do you think they can do to prepare themselves oh good question that I mean I think that the first thing I would say to somebody, and I, I actually had a meeting with somebody yesterday and I said this to them because they've never attended networking and they're coming along to an event in a week. And um, I think it's the realisation 
that none of us like networking. Um, we are all nervous in our own formats. There are very few people I have met over the last what, nearly 11 years who are actually sitting there fully confident wanting to take over the room. And I am a prime example of this. I'm petrified of public speaking. I am not a natural networker. <laughs> and people don't believe me. I'm, oh gosh, it's, it's one of the things that I absolutely loathe. You put me in front of a room full of people and make me talk. I'd rather run, you know, felicity shaped hole in the door. Um, <laughs> But I think if you can understand the fact that we all feel the same way, it takes off a massive level of pressure. Um, I can say that I have seen some of the people who I have known to be the least confident at face-to-face -face networking becoming some of the most confident online. And I think that online, because it it takes away a lot of pressure, it is not face-to-face. -face. You know, the, the hassle and issue of body language and having to go and mingle with somebody because it's in some ways enforced, you know, particularly with some of the formats I've got, you kind of have to mingle with them. Um, you know, it actually takes away a lot of the pressure. So if somebody is very nervous on the concept of face-to-face, -face, if you are listening to this down the line, you know, try something online because you will probably find that it's a bit easier for you and it will build you up. In terms of tips and ideas, have a little plan of what you want to say, um, you know, get ideas into your head. And I think that the best way for me, if I was planning a pitch, would be to pick out what my USPs are. But I will say that your pitch will always need to change. Don't just do the same thing because people will switch off when you start talking. Make it different. Fire it up. I used to do stuff when I used to do a pitch at certain networking events where I'd bang on the table before I started <laughs> talking. So I got everyone's attention. But if you can do something different, it will make you stand out if you pick USPs it will make you stand out and don't forget also that not everybody in that room is going to be your prospective client but if you can do something that can encourage a referral uh, for instance with my telemarketing I do a 10% referral for an ongoing basis so if you refer me you get a basically a residual income from me for the life of that work it gets people talking about you and referring you so if you can reconsider maybe what you're doing, realising that not everybody's going to jump at you, but people could refer you, have a think about what you could say and, you know, split your pitch. This is what I do, but if it isn't for you, we also do this, this and this, um, you know, and it gives back. That's a really great way to hold attention of people because they do talk about you. I get consistent referrals. Even now when I don't even talk about my telemarketing company, I still get referrals because people have remembered my pitch from going back years ago. And after a meeting, how should people be following up? I think it's a very good idea to be proactive. Um, in terms of things like LinkedIn, I try to make a note of names. So if I'm at others networking events, I will try to make a note of names. And even sometimes if I've sort of managed to teach myself how to source for somebody withholding my concentration whilst they're pitching. So if you're able to do it while you're there and then great. If not, scribble that name down and go and find them on LinkedIn. Brief, brief first name, surname, company name, you can source them from that with no problem. Um, I think that following up and saying it was great to meet you today, you know, great hearing your pitch, something like that, good level of engagement. But I think that what we have to be aware of is that we can get easily sucked into online networking's trap of, oh, everybody should have a one-to-one. -one. Mm -hmm. And I mean this hugely politely, um, but no, everybody can't have a one-to-one. -one. I did that at the start of networking and I forgot to work. So, um, <laughs> And I've seen so many people trapped in this cycle of online networking must have everybody as a one-to-one. -one. Well, you know, if you come along to online, we had 68 there at the last one. I don't think we can have 68 one-to-ones, can we? So be logical about how you're viewing people. And when you go into a networking meeting, consider why 
why you are there and what you are looking for. Do not think of it for your own return and gain. Be collaborative. So, you know, source out the people who you know would be the right kind of contacts for you. That could even be down to their personality and being the right kind of person for your support network. Maybe they're new in business and you are too. Maybe they work in a certain industry that relates to something you do. That's a common ground and they'd be a really good support network and there's a collaboration opportunity. But be logical about your one-to-ones and see people as, you know, individuals. You could catch up with, you know, people for a great laugh later. But if you're trying to be productive with your business, be collaborative, be, I suppose, in the right mind frame before you start that networking event to seek whether that's, you know, opportunities of leads, whether that's opportunities of collaboration or opportunities of support network. But have them in mind and don't consider everybody to be somebody to pin down for a one-to-one. I think that's really good advice. Now that we can network pretty much 24-7 online, you can end up not actually doing any work. So I think it's wise to be strategic about who you set those one-to-ones up with. Yeah, I think I think we're all guilty of it. <laughs> We've all been there. Felicity, it's been absolutely lovely talking to you. Um, the very best of luck with talk networking going forward. I'm sure it's going to continue to go from strength to strength. Oh, we've got some exciting stuff to come in the near future, which I'll be uh, be revealing soon. But thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thank you, obviously, for your support as well. You're welcome. I look forward to hearing about the new things coming soon.